Hello, everyone, and welcome to Go Team Video, the podcast where the AMPM video team watches a movie and then talks about it along with everything else that's going on in our lives. Today is episode one, Blade, 1998. I'm Michael Sadler, and I'm joined by Abigail Johnson and Daly Singleton. How you doing? Hey, everybody. What's up, y'all? All right. Let's uh, get into it. Let's talk about Blade. Let's hear some uh, facts about the movie. All right. So Blade, 1998, uh, directed by Stephen Norrington and written by David S. Goyer. Uh, David S. Goyer is um, pretty famous as going on to do a lot of comic book movies after this. And Stephen Norrington, um, he is known for a lot of special effects along with directing. He did... uh, Creature effects on aliens before this movie and afterward. Uh, he went on to work on uh, Exorcist the Beginning. Uh, and he was also uh, the director of The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I guess that's probably the most notable oh, that's too thing bad. that he's done <laughs> other than Blade. It's a very bad movie. Have you all ever seen that? Have you seen mm-hmm. it, Abby? No. It's, yeah. I I never could get through the whole thing. I always would like turn it off. I think I've seen it a few times just because it was one of those <laughs> <laughs> movies that came on television a lot. So it's very bad. Um, the other uh, other fact about David S. Goyer, uh, going back to him for a second, is that he wrote Call of Duty Black Ops Two. Mm. The, the story oh. for Call of Duty Black Ops 2 was written by David S. Goyer. Interesting. Which I found interesting. I yeah. guess that's like really the most interesting thing about... I mean, I guess he, he went on to do like Batman v Superman. And um, he also wrote the Black Ops Cold War game. Um, Didn't he write uh, the Suicide Squad movie? Did he write Suicide Squad as well? I don't, he's, I don't see him in here for Suicide Squad. I just watched the Suicide Squad this past week. Oh, the, the new one? The new one? Mm. Was Will Smith in it? No, not the new one. Okay. No, so I guess was I Will, didn't. Was Will Smith in the movie you watched? No. Then that is the no. new one. Yeah, that's the new one. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. never mind. Will Smith is in the, 26, the 2016? Yeah, I think Suicide so. Suicide Squad? Um, yeah, they essentially made uh, the first Suicide Squad and then uh, like basically retooled it slightly and didn't change the name for some reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Uh, but yeah, so that's a little bit about the director and the writer. Um, oh, he wrote, uh, I'm seeing here, he wrote uh, The Dark Knight, which is... Oh, like, that's right. He know, wrote The Dark the Knight. Most... Yeah, that's kind of his big... That That's the big thing that he did after, after Blaze. He is wrote this Knight. cool movie called Dark City from the 90s, or maybe early 2000s. We'll, we'll talk about how not cool David S. Goyer may be in real life. So. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's a little bit about the writer and the director. Uh, and then the financial information for this movie, the, uh, production budget was 45 million and the, um, total gross that this movie has made to date is 131 million. That includes international and domestic box offices. So there you go. There's the boring stuff. (laughs) So let's get into uh, some first impressions. What did you think about the movie, Abby? It's pretty badass, truly, for a vampire movie. Um, I think, I think it's a it's an interesting perspective on this type of vampire that Blade is. 
Um, I thought it was pretty well done. I'm excited to see Blade 2. Cool. Yeah, we got to talk about... We'll probably... We'll probably... If we watch... We'll do Blade 2 eventually. Not right after this. But we'll we'll probably come back to Blade 2. Yeah, an episode on interesting. It. That one was directed by um, Gilmore del Toro, so... Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting in and of itself. I think people like 2 the most, from what I hear. Mm-hmm. I know Wesley Snipes likes 2 the most. Well, uh, my first impression is... I mean, I've seen this movie like... 70 times but uh i like this one the best it's just like great introduction to the character it's uh well done action just like uh, wesley snipes embodies the character well yeah it's fun uh i like it a lot i haven't seen this movie in a very long time i watched it a lot growing up uh i think we had this was like one of the first dvds we bought I remember uh, I remember having the when DVDs were in like the like cardboard mostly cardboard package mm-hmm. you know like the eco-friendly the first eco-friendly like DVD cases right. that were mm-hmm. like half cardboard half plastic uh and I would when I would when I was a kid I would skip everything in the movie except for the fights like the action sequences <laughs> I would fast forward because there's I think this movie's too long it's two hours. It's it's <laughs> it's too long, and um, it gets it gets kind of bogged down by uh, by what little plot there is there, <laughs> and but other than that, I do really enjoy the film overall. I think it's super fun. The action is like top tier action. I think Wesley Snipes as a superhero is incredible like I, I can't get enough of his fight scenes i mm. they're so much fun to watch mm-hmm. and I, I i chris christopherson is like a, it kind of stands out to me a lot too because he's kind of like the character that talks the most or like has like gives the most like backstory on what's happening right he's you know the, what I mean? he's the mm-hmm. the window into exposition for the film yeah and and i think that Wesley Snipes says very little in this movie, which is is kind of funny. And there's a lot of uh, fluff, but other than, but yeah, I I don't want to hate on it too much right now because I do really do enjoy the movie, and I think they embody a comic book really well overall. Cool. Well, let's start uh, breaking uh, breaking it down here. Um, what do you think, Abby? You want to take us through the first part of the movie? Yeah, so this movie opens with a scene in a hospital. This bloody pregnant woman is being rushed down the hallway and into a room, and they immediately deliver her baby. Um, we assume she dies, and it. We, there's a time lapse of shots of the city, and then we're brought to current time, or now in the movie, where there's a couple riding in a car, speeding through the city. They get out, and they're walking through this, like, warehouse meat locker place, and they find their way into a secret club in this, like, meat locker. Um, And there's strobe lights and people dancing and wild vibes, and they make their way through the crowd and get split up. Hmm? So I something I noticed this time watching it is, like, is that the vampire's like ticket into 
the club? Like you bring a human? I feel like that's probably like yeah, you're, you're, you've just like brought dinner to the, to right, the club, right? Yeah. Um, that actress from that very first scene uh, in the car with the guy is Tracy Lords, who is uh, a very famous porn actress. Really? Uh-huh. Oh huh. wow! Did not know that. Spent a lot of time with her before this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Some other uh, films. Yeah, some of hers. Films. Yeah. Uh, but it was cool to see her appear in it. Uh, I feel like she did a great job just being yeah. this like sinister uh, vampire keeps this guy just like interested enough to get him into the club, and then yeah, yeah. And they get into the club, and she's making her way through the crowd, and he's following her, and he loses her, and. Um, it gets really wild. Like there, he he notices blood is dripping on him, and he looks up, and blood starts spraying through the the sprinklers in the ceiling, and everyone's covered in blood, and everyone just starts going nuts. And turns out everyone's a vampire except him, and they start attacking him, like clearly trying to eat him. They're beating him up, and then. He's crawling and he's getting away from the crowd, and then Blade w- bursts in. And um, you see the boot first. Yeah, that, yeah. The iconic boot. Yeah, it's like, one of my favorite shots. It's yeah. like all this blood and mayhem and weirdness, and then like you see Blade and he's like clean as fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he have a drop on him. Yeah. Get a nice like low angle of him. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And he starts shooting up the vampires and. We we learn later in the film he uses like silver bullets. Yeah. So so they all burst into flame and die right away. It's mm-hmm. not just like a normal bullet. Would you, what did y'all think of the the that special effect, the CG of like the bodies disappearing? I think, you think it's it, typical for the time yeah, it was made. Definitely, I think it's like not s- terrible. No, it's honestly it, holds it's subtle. Up, yeah, it holds up pretty well considering. Yeah, yeah. you can yeah. definitely see like you know. You can see some bad CG bones and stuff in there, but yeah, I think it's especially effective. bad when yeah. it like stays too long on the bones, exactly. crumbling, or yeah. whenever their bodies are swelling up and exploding. It's oh, like my it's a little much, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, <laughs> it's the eighties. Um. So yeah, he's shooting these vampires. They're like bursting into flames and dying. Uh, he like rotates between guns and swords a lot in this movie, but he pulls out some swords and takes out like the last of the of the gang of vampires and um, pins one up to the wall and sets him on fire and leaves him. And he like left the guy who wasn't a vampire, the mortal. Right. He left him just there. That's the guy that came in right earlier that we saw get brought in. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's the, like right. Bait. Yeah, it's like right as the cops show up, he disappears, yeah. and then the guy is just there and like right. the burned up body. Mm-hmm. Um, we never see him again, right? We don't ever get like what happens to the guy. Oh, the human dinner, yeah, dinner yeah. sacrifice. I don't think we see him okay. ever again. Nope. Yeah. Um, then one of the charred bodies was it the same guy that got pinned up against mm-hmm. the wall? That's mm-hmm. that's yeah. what I assumed. He got brought to the hospital morgue um, to be inspected. Is, his, is that Charlie? Is the name Charlie? 
I don't know. In my notes, I I called him braids because there was a scene where he had some braids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's got a great aesthetic. Uh, that actor is Donald Logue. Yeah, Quinn is the character's name. Quinn. Yeah. Okay. I'll mark that in my notes. <laughs> um, no, I forgot his name too. Um, they there's like a couple characters they only mention their name like one or two times, yeah. so it's like hard to catch. But um, they take him to the morgue in the hospital and. These two doctors like start cutting him open and inspecting him, and he comes to life and attacks the guy that was cutting open his torso. Um, and yeah, he starts attacking, he bites the other doctor, and there's a lot of commotion. Blade shows up because he just knew what was going down, yeah, and um. The he does that a lot. In this, and Blade just is he just shows up in the, right. the perfect time. And the premise is like I came to finish you off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. He shows up and takes the the one doctor that got bit and didn't die. He takes her. Mm-hmm. Um. And leaves the hospital. Uh, the cops are shooting at him. His armor is deflecting all the bullets. Um, but he takes her, runs from the cops, and he throws her out this window, dude, onto like this the cushiony <laughs> surface on, on another building's rooftop. <laughs> oh, also, uh, going back to the hospital thing real quick, uh, and they don't use it a lot after like the beginning, but they really love this wide angle lens. Like they have this like one lens that they have sometimes on the camera. It's super wide, and mm-hmm. it's got like some distortion too, and they use it. Right after the hospital, too. I think in a city, sh- like in like a street shot. But um, yeah, I read they designed this anamorphic uh, handheld thing, really specifically for this film. Yeah, wow. I um, really like the way the opening of this movie is just it. It looks so good. Like the gr- the film grain adds mm. such a nice touch to everything. That first shot of Wesley Snipes walking out of the club with all the all the paper and trash is kind of like blowing in the wind. Yeah. It looks like a panel from a comic book. I was it, just thinking that. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I, that's the thing that's really stood out to me from this opening is like how much it read like a comic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does a great job. The cinematography, the light, how much like contrast there is and everything. Mm, yeah. Um, one thing about the hospital scene, uh, that was really funny when I was looking into the trivia is the actor, Donald Logue is in this makeup to be like burned all over his body. He's like covered in all this makeup and he, uh, while they're like flailing around, he dislocated his jaw. The actor did. And they're on the set of this like abandoned hospital, you know, this like fake hospital. So they had to take him and rush him to a real hospital. And, uh, it was like really busy but he shows up with this like crazy burnt body and like a jaw that's like hanging off his face. <laughs> <laughs> they just like rushed him back <laughs> to get medical insane. attention. <laughs> yeah. Like he would have probably had to wait longer if it wasn't for the makeup. Yeah, <laughs> it just insane. It really helped him out. <laughs> wow. That's fun. Oh, another thing I was going to say is like when Blade first meets that character, Quinn, uh, they have this like back they have this like rapport already where they've run into each other 
and you just get as the movie progresses, you just get more and more of the, like right. their kind of dynamic, which is really fun. Yeah. So it's nice to meet them with this like this this history already. Yeah, they they really they they stick to the like the characters they introduce pretty well for the most part in this movie. Like they mm-hmm. they like even the doctor, the other doctor, you know, like no future spoilers, but I mean, we're yeah, we're you know, gonna find out. We'll mm-hmm. find out what happens to him. So, um, he throws her out the window onto a cushiony spot on the rooftop of another building. He jumps after her, and she goes, speaking of dislocating something, she goes, oh, I dislocated my shoulder. He, like, pops it back into place. Mm. Um, and then he brings her back to his place where his friend, is his name Whistler? Whisker. Whisker? No, okay. It's Whistler. I know. I, it's, it's, I called him. I called him Whisker. Whisker. <laughs> he's got, no, he's you're got right, several whiskers. I I got all these whiskers. <laughs> the whole time I was watching the movie, I kept calling him Whisker. So his friend Whistler. Um, and he immediately starts treating her since she got bit in her neck by a vampire. He injects, I think, garlic. Um, yeah essence of garlic or whatever like mm. into her neck um wouldn't that like be horrible for your like cholesterol <laughs> <laughs> or like <laughs> imagine imagine going to the Blood bathroom after right that. Was, God. Saying, it's like <laughs> the worst garlic I don't know. Shit. you don't have bad breath but you got the shits <laughs> some wild shits um and then we cut away from that to this like rebel vampire council meeting um and there's some arguing going on clearly some some power tension between people who were born vampire and people who were turned into vampires after born mortal um are they rebels i thought that was just like the vampire council yeah, that's like the the, the council is essentially made up of all the people who were born vampires, except uh, for Frost. Except for Frost, that's yeah. when you get the introduction of they're, they're all hoity-toity about uh, their lineage, and they mm-hmm. think that he's a punk because he was just turned. I'm I'm pulling the term rebel directly from the description of the movie on, on HBO Max. So he's a oh, rebel. that's I think they're talking right? about uh, yeah Frost group. Yes. Yeah, Frost yes. and uh, uh, Quinn and yeah, all those everyone, all those yeah. punks. All everyone yeah. that he's turned basically and, and like kept in his like army. So that's the rebel group. Yeah, mm-hmm. what I meant, what I meant to be talking about. This is this vampire council. The vampire council. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um. Okay, the vampire council meeting. There's argument between this rebel. And people who were true bloods or like born vampires. <clears throat> and then we cut away from that. We cut to Blade. He's visiting a shop where his friend works and tosses him a bag of watches. Um, yeah. And then gets a bottle of some kind of serum. We don't know what it is yet. Right. Um, the doctor wakes up it it Blade's lair. And... Um, as she's waking up, the doctor—not the doctor, Whisker, Whisker, <laughs> Whistler. Whistler. It's Whistler. 
Whistler is injecting the serum into Blade's neck, and it's causing him a lot of pain, and he's shaking, and he's having to be kind of held down a little bit. Um, And the doctor, like, makes a break for it. Like, she tries to run. They stop her, and it's that's when you notice, like, Blade, like, drops from the ceiling, like, behind her, and it, like, doesn't make a noise. (laughs) Right, doing some ninja Stealthy, shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. So from here we're we're picking up that he is a vampire, but there's like some kind of treatment he's receiving to keep from really being a vampire. It's so interesting because like I can't imagine watching this movie and not knowing that Blade's a vampire. From the beginning. Well, I mean, you're going to see the trailer, and for I know. the most part, yeah. you you can yeah. you pick it up. But yeah, I mean, you have to, you still have to. Uh, I guess you just you know he's to... different. You know he's like has a power. You yeah. don't necessarily know he's a vampire. Yeah, but you, you know he's like superhuman. He's like a mortal with vampire blood, basically, because oh, yeah. he can right. he can walk in the daylight, not be affected. All of their strengths and none of their weaknesses is something Whistler says. Yeah, as mm-hmm. part of his exposition. And but, yeah, he. Uh, his his uniqueness needs to be explained as far as yeah. the fact that he's a vampire. Right. But kind of not at the same time. The a daywalker. One thing I the one one thing I noticed on this watch of this movie uh that I think is like probably unique to this fiction about vampires is that like what makes a true vampire is someone who's born a vampire by two vampire parents, assumably, right? They never go too Presumably, deep into it. Yeah, that's but, not ever so that, really explained. That's that's implying that people who are already vampires can like get pregnant. Yeah, I don't know. There's some definite. There's some definite fallacy to like. Uh, well, I mean, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily fallacy. That could just be in this universe, vampires can still get pregnant. Like I just thought that right. vampire lore is that you, you're like infertile ex- once you're a vampire. Doesn't explicitly say that, but yeah. Yeah, well, th- I guess it's just like what's the difference between a true blood and someone who's turned? Right. This is something I want to learn a little more about. Yeah. Maybe it's in the comics or Maybe something. Maybe it's in the comics. I, I the only way I could see it working out is that true bloods are have both vampire parents. Mm. Because like we're well, like we, we we just started talking about the differences with Blade, and the only difference with him when it comes to this is that his mother wasn't yet a vampire. Yeah, but she was, was already like by a vampire. Yeah, she also was yeah. like almost to term, I guess, mm-hmm. when she got bit. So it's like he was like a like a just about like a fully yeah. developed infant or fetus. I, I should yeah. say before before he got infected, right. The prosthetic was real big, though. That fake baby they had was, like, gigantic. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, like, a toddler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they do play around with a lot. I mean, with, with like, the doctor being sort of uh, versed in, in in blood science. I'm sure there's a word oh, for yeah. that, that I don't know. But That's very comic booky too. Like, they always get a doctor involved in comic right, books, right. you know? Uh, yeah, they play. They I read about this. They a funny little factoid was you know in considering like what goes into the lore. Like it's one of my favorite things to learn about vampire stories. Like what what are they vulnerable to? How do they turn? What like the nuts and bolts of vampirism? Mm-hmm. And in this one, they're affected by silver and garlic, but they threw out the cross thing and the holy water. 
I th- yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was Whisker. I'm just gonna keep calling him Whisker. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> he tells Blade that the, you know, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, but specifically with the crosses, they were like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, yeah. What if it's a Jewish vampire? <laughs> <laughs> They're all a little different, you know. Like in Twilight, they can day walk. Yeah. And right. n- and not be terribly thirsty. You know what I mean? Right. They right. can get by. Yeah. But like, yeah, they're just gorgeous and sparkly when <laughs> you walk in the daylight. That's don't what's, look at but me. But other other adaptations of vampire lore is like also similar to that, though. Yeah. Um, and then there's, you know, more commonly the you can't be in sunlight. Mm-hmm. You're you're constantly thirsty. You, yeah, garlic and and silver or. The cross thing. I feel like that's frequently like not a thing in a lot of vampires I've seen. Yeah, I feel like that's a kind of early thing when it was yeah. a lot more macabre and religious and a lot of that kind of imagery. Yeah. Like Van Helsing. Right. Now yeah. it's like we see a lot of modern ad- adaptations of of vampire tropes. Right. Yeah. Where it's either strictly fantasy or some 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 biological thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. That's what's fun about vampires you know is just like how is how everyone can like take it and turn it into like oh i want to take these bits but like throw these bits away and make my own new thing are you still writing a a movie a vampire movie yeah that's right yeah i i'm still kicking around ideas for it i haven't actively written it in a while but yeah i'm i basically watched every single vampire thing ever <laughs> including all the twilight movies you're a vampire and, expert yeah it's it was a lot of fun i i love vampire shit yeah. um yeah i want to i want to make this series uh and that was one of the most fun things in conceiving it was um thinking about like what uh what the nuts and bolts of of vampires in this world would be it's fun and lots of people have done it different ways, you know, that it's a curse, that it's handed down from Judas. Uh, wow. Yeah. So many different takes on it. I love it. Um, so they explain that vampires are everywhere and they're trying to dominate. Um, and they explain that they hate uh silver and garlic did they say soap or am i like did i hear that wrong maybe they said maybe that was silver they're all just dirty as fuck (laughs) i I think they said (laughs) silver but like and i had to go back and i I thought they said soap i was like oh they're all just so grimy and just (laughs) like stay away from garlic but they smell like i haven't had a bath (laughs) in 94 years have you i mean that they're covered in blood constantly. Yeah. They right. go to blood raves. Like, yeah. They're gross. Um, so Whistler's continuing talking to Doc about the vampire shtick, and then he tells her to buy a gun in case she starts feeling like a vampire. Then she can blow her brains out. Yeah. Um, but she takes off with Blade, and... Before he drops her off, we cut back to the vampire council, or at least like um, the two guys that were arguing in the council meeting. They're arguing now in the library while the rebel guys like looking through archives, and 
using a software to kind of automatically decode all these historic vampire scripts. Um, and they're arguing, and then he walks off, and it cuts back. Blade drops off the doctor, and he takes off. And the doctor is, like, trying to get into her apartment, and she's in the elevator and notices these two people that have these matching tattoos on the back of their necks. And they start following her after she leaves the elevator, and then she gets to the end of the hallway, and they're not there anymore. But she makes it inside of her apartment. And, yes. Just because we're about to get to this next scene, I wanted to bring up the one thing that Whisker mentions is that it's uh, that the vampires have the police in their pocket mm-hmm. and that the they're like that's during that meeting. It's also revealed that that uh, that part is revealed a little bit too that they are basically have lived in the shadows in this universe in this in this lore is that they've been like they're like want to hide away not doing anything. And that's what Frost's like main motivation is to is to like not have the vampires be hiding anymore and like have them come out and take over the humans basically, you know, because they have the power to, they have the power to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or to use the humans. Use, yeah. Um, so while doc is at home, a cop comes in, the door is open. He just makes himself at home. I guess he comes in and scares the shit out of her and, he tries to kidnap her, and she sprayed him with her vampire mace that was given to her as, um, what was it, garlic? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, she sprays him, but he's, like, unaffected, which, like, I don't know, garlic in my eyes would still probably sting a lot, yeah. but. Right, he um, just ends up being kind of annoyed by like, it. like, is this garlic? Yeah. I'm not a fucking vampire. yeah. Um, he's unaffected, but then Blade shows up because <laughs> that's what happens. And he finds that's what he do. He finds that same tattoo marked on the back of this cop's neck. Um, and he revealed that you know vampires can kind of own people and, right. uh, and use a, them. It's a very it? classic concept with vampire uh, vampire lore is the, the familiar, the mm-hmm. human familiar, and they basically do all their bidding uh they do their daytime shit um and with the idea for the most part the promise that they'll get turned into a vampire one day so that they will live forever essentially but yeah you can string along a familiar for a long time and get them to like time do your dry cleaning and shit And my favorite familiar is Guillermo. I was about to say Guillermo. Yeah, what a great familiar. <laughs> also, one of my favorite vampire hunters. Mm-hmm. He's a badass vampire hunter too. Yeah, what a great show! Oh yeah, my god, so what yeah. we do in the shadows. Ugh. I love that movie. I love the show. So it's amazing. Really fun. And that's that's the thing that like really uh, took the whole vampire thing and and turned it over and flipped it on its head in a way that's super funny and very uh fresh and unique yeah mm-hmm. definitely um so they take him out to the cop car open up his trunk and there's like a, a freezer case kind of deal with bags of blood in it and he's clearly delivering it to somebody so they try to 
get some info out of him and he he doesn't say anything he actually runs off um the cop the cop yeah, runs once, off once they get out on the street yeah. yeah and then the doctor decides it's in her best interest to stay with blade i mean fuck i would too yeah especially knowing that she was basically bait for like him to like get to the bottom of like you know right who's running who right now um so she sticks with him and they just um kind of stake out the cop car wait for him to come back to it and eventually he comes like running back to it gets in it rushes off and they chase after him and they end up going into this like kind of underground secret nightclub um and they they bust through security they like you know like kick ass everyone who gets in their way um Mm -hmm. until they get to the cop and they they get him in the kitchen and they're just like knocking shit over and um they get him to spill the beans and he he tells them to go into the freezer and then it cuts back to to frost this this rebel vampire Mm -hmm. he used his computer to decode the vampire script and there's a shot of this kind of like kind of blueprint of this building with like certain characters in their certain places and a couple like actions happening just like kind of computer drawing of something is like happening from from the script decoding so he's like up to something he's scheming and the cop comes in to inform him about what happened and he like bites he it's like also like there's a party going on there's yeah. like there's ladies everywhere there's people drinking and doing drugs even um Quinn is there being his sleazy self mm-hmm. but um he like bites the cops neck and like drinks his blood and throws him into the pool with the rubber duckies. With the rubber duckies, infinity pool with the rubber duckies. Um, and oh, then that laptop is like an old Apple laptop. Did you notice that? No, there's I like when there's like a sh- when he's in his bedroom, you know, and like the the woman that's in the the bed cage thing. It's like a bed box. It's like the bo- the bed's yeah. in the box, and it like opens up, and she gets she gets out and comes over, and is like, "It's like, hey, what are you doing?" And he's like waiting for it to decode, you know, on the laptop, and it cuts behind it, and it's like one of the first, not one of the first, of course, but like it's like before they started like the modern aesthetic of the MacBook, where it's like got the Apple in the middle. It's like just like a tiny little Apple, like at the top, yeah. of the of mm-hmm. the back of the back of the. It's a Macintosh. Yeah. Yeah. But they've been putting those in movies forever, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like the go-to thing in, in movies and TV is like Apple products. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. It's elite. <laughs> um, so Blade and Doc end up visiting Pearl. And this is one of my fucking favorite <laughs> scenes ever. I it's love wild. Pearl. I love the whole thing. So Pearl is a vampire, the the record keeper vampire. It's like an oracle kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. She's just like 
large and bedridden and has this tiny squeaky voice. And I don't think Pearl's they call Pearl he. They don't. Yeah, Pearl is yeah. a, is a he is pronoun. It, yeah. Okay. Which right. I didn't like. I I didn't, I didn't pick. I up didn't on know that. until I started yeah. reading about Pearl. Yeah. 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 Um. But Pearl works for Frost. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are interrogating her and using like this bright light they have. They shine it on her and it's like burning her skin for like leverage so they can get some info out of her. And um, she gives them some info about Frost. Um, do you want to talk more about that scene? Well, I want to talk about Pearl uh, mm-hmm. because. <laughs> It's just such a wonderful, disgusting character in terms of the way that they look. It's just like, uh, it's it's amazing. I love it. It's so gross. Uh, but basically, um, the idea behind Pearl is they're so obese because they just like gorge themselves on children's hearts. Whoa. And they originally wanted to have that scene with like all these dead children around Pearl. Oh my god! And they're like, ah, we can't fucking do that. So it's like all these bags of blood instead. But they had to uh, the prosthetic for the Pearl uh, character weighed seven hundred pounds. It was seven hundred pounds of like latex skin that they had to move around with a fucking forklift. Oh my god. <laughs> to like get Holy it around the set. Shit. Yeah. Uh it took four different people to perform the pearl puppet. There was somebody in the, one, the right arm, the left arm and in uh each of the legs. And then someone's face. And then the face, yeah. 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 Wow. It's just like very fascinating. <laughs> also, goodness. I mean, it's got to be a reference to like Jabba the Hut. Kind of. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of famous characters That's immediately that are like that, who I but related yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of I think a lot of people find characters like that very uh, like fat phobic in a lot of ways. Like they're like inherently fat phobic at the core of like we're gonna make like they use the obesity as one of the main gross factors, and that's like what people consider fat phobic about characters like this, like like Job of the Hut, like Pearl, like. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like bosses in or like in Resident Evil Eight. The 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 Duke is like a uh, this like another ob like large character that's like um with the tropes of like fatness and that you know that's like I don't know I've, I've the only reason I bring this up is just because I've just heard people talk about these like not just Pearl but like you know other people too other characters like this and like using that as like a crutch for the character, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I like the conceit of a character that is essentially so, uh, hedonistic that they essentially like work themselves into a, a, like a physical state that is like, uh, basically like this, this immortal hedonist who just is like a blob of, of like Mm self-indulgence is really interesting. Mm -hmm. They end up in the actual archive with all of these documents from quote unquote the vampire Bible. Um, there's a young woman running through all these hanging scripts that Blade notices and he chases her and gets after her and finds her and um, she tries to fight him. So they fight 
and then all the all the rebel vampire goons come in, including Quinn, who works for Frost, and so much glass, so much glass. Um, he starts like beating the shit out of Blade, and like is able to kind of pin him up and stabs him in the shoulder with a metal stake and he's about to stab him in the other shoulder to pin him up and blade goes i'm expecting company and then um all of a sudden whistler blows through the wall he's there to save the day he said catch you fuckers at a bad time <laughs> um and I then whiskers, is on right whiskers. whiskers i love chris christopherson in that role it's i really perfect. do it's just a perfect casting it's so fun um and then there's a fight scene and a bunch of guns bunch of shooting and blade and doc and whistler they um, really run after Quinn and they end up in a train tunnel and they jump on the side of the train um, and ride it and they the whole club blows up the archives blew up um, they're, they're able to like shoot off most of the vampire rebel goons and then there's Quinn and the three of them in the tunnel fighting and they're like on the side of the train, um, holding on. Blade grabs the side of Quinn's head, like pushes it against the train while yeah. it's moving, like because like grinds and, off the side of his face. And cuts his hand off again, right? Right. We've learned yeah. early, a little earlier when they're up on the rooftop that Quinn got a new hand, and uh, so it's just like this constant little uh, bit of business between the two of them. So he like. Messes up his face and then cuts his ha- his hand off again. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a running joke with Quinn. Yeah, he he feels like he it's personal. Yeah. With him. Mm-hmm. Oh, one hundred percent. He wants to kill Blade so bad, but he works for Frost, and Frost is like, "Bring me oh. Blade alive." Yeah, which is like <laughs> is like kind of like a uh, what is it a MacGuffin in a way for the it's, film. Yeah. it's like to keep Blade alive. Is they there's like so many times like. Not so many, but there's like times where they could have just killed Blade, and it's like just to keep Blade alive all the way to the end, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's a classic little oh classic classic yeah. kind of bit. And then Blade grabs the Doctor, and then they grab onto the back of the train, and they escape. That was wild. That was wild. Great like, shot. Wouldn't mm-hmm. that like? I feel like it would still like the whiplash of that would be insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's able to grip it though. Oh, um yeah. and they escaped. After this, Blade's arm gets dislocated and the doctor pops it back in. Mm-hmm. He has to they're like inside the train now. They like get on get on the train and they're kind of settling down. She relocates his arm and then he injects serum into his neck because he's like Yeah. You know, he's starting to feel more like a vampire, Starting I guess. Starting to get thirsty. And, um... Got the hunger pangs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what does a Blade eat? He... So then then we go into Blade's, like, backstory. Um, like, kind of what happened to him and why he has to use this serum. But, um, Blade's mother was attacked by, by a vampire when she was pregnant. Um, 
supposedly she dies and he lives and he has like several vampire powers and even the thirst for a vampire that is suppressed by the serum but he can day walk and he's immune to the garlic and silver unlike the others and over time his body is slowly starting to reject the serum so that he is inevitably inevitably going to become a vampire and there's no cure for it yet they they yeah. kind of Talk about it like a disease in this movie many times. Um, and Whistler talks about how he's in this business of killing vampires because his family got killed by vampires and he's been hunting them for years. And he goes into talking about how the vampire problem is getting much worse. Um yeah, the the vampires. You said the vampires murdered uh, Whisper Whistler's oh family. Whisper, yeah. God, I'm calling them everything Whisper, except for Whisker. Whistler. Uh, yeah, they murdered his family, his wife and two kids. Yeah, and and uh, Whistler is sort of a classic uh, guy in the chair archetype character. Mm-hmm. He's like and the inventor of blades. Uh, you know, more versatile. His sick ass weapons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's just sort of the tech guy. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to Frost. It, he's at. He's in the car making out with his his blonde haired babe, and we find out he's kidnapped this other guy from the Vampire Council that was the True Blood that was you know, had a bone to pick with Frost. Yeah. And he takes him out to the beach, and it's super early. It's before sunrise. And what, what SPF do you think that sunscreen was that they put on? Oh. Had to be at least thousand. 300. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just clay. It was just clay. Right. Just rubbing clay on it. I need to get some of that shit. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're putting their... their the SPF on <laughs> and they take vampire council guy out and they start taking his clothes off so that he can burn into a fiery yeah. nothingness in the sunset. Um, crispy critter. Sunrise. I mean, crispy critter. And he also ripped out his teeth, his vampire teeth, his mm-hmm. canines. And, um, then when he shows up to the next council meeting, they're like, oh, where's, what'd you do with this guy? And he like <laughs> throws his teeth on the table. Um, and then we go back to the lair and the doctor took a bunch of equipment from the hospital and she's, you know, through trial and error, figuring out more about a cure, I guess, for for this vampire infection and you know she finds out that she can take um a substance and combine it with vampire blood i think it's i think she said it was used to treat blood clots Mm -hmm. and you combine it with vampire blood and it has this kind of explosive reaction yeah um and we also learn that the doctor is slowly becoming a vampire, um, even with the little bit of treatment she's got. Um, 
since she got bit. Um, Blade went to get more serum from his friend's shop. And he ran into Frost, who is holding this little girl hostage. Oh, my goodness. And um, so Blade approaches. Uh, they, they have a little quarrel. And Blade pulls out his gun and shoots his silver bullets. Frost dodges them with this slow motion kind of deal. And he throws the little girl into the road. So Blade goes to rescue the girl and Frost is able to flee. And Yeah, I was going to bring this up at some point. It's like lots of uh, parallel visual stuff from the Matrix. Yeah. With like bullet time, dodging bullets, the leather, the rooftop jump. Yeah. A lot of things. It's, It's interesting because... They came out around the same time. Uh, the Matrix came out like a year after this, but was already like written and storyboarded and in production before. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. it's just interesting sometimes when I, things I think like it, that happen. I think that's just the aesthetic of the 90s, you know, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, like the way Blade looks and the way the Matrix, Neo right. and the people just arriving at these things independently. Yeah. You know, it's like, but leather jackets were so yeah, cool. Yeah. Then, and, oh my God. Yeah. So cool. I want a leather jacket and some cool sunglasses. Blade sunglasses are really cool. So the doctor tries out some treatment on herself to combat the vampire mutation. Very, um, very irresponsible, but you know. Does it work? Right? Like she doesn't know. Doesn't know. <laughs> um some so some goons and frost, some vampire goons, I should say, show up to the lair and start attacking Whistler and the Doctor. Um, they are able to shoot and you know restrain and pretty much kill Whistler, but he's still just barely alive. And they take the Doctor and they leave behind a videotape. And Blade shows up. And Whistler's just barely alive. And um, he tells him to give him his gun and to walk away. So Blade gives him his gun and he walks away. Whistler shoots himself because mm-hmm. he needs to be put out of his misery. And then Blade. Well, I mean, he like <laughs> keeps telling uh, the doctor to do the same thing, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, he's going to do it. Like if he's in that situation. Yeah. They also revealed earlier that he had cancer. That's and right. He like, yeah, wasn't to the, doing well. To the doc- uh, Blade said that to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Blade is preparing to like go back after Frost and attack him. And he's like making some silver bullets. And he's like making some of these vials of silver nitrate. Um, or the stuff that the doctor showed yeah, him. anticoagulant. Yeah. Concoction. Like, makes the vampires, like, swell up and explode, basically. Yeah. It's the same stuff she injected herself with, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he, like, took a plant and, like, chopped off the roots, and that was and never they showed explained. That, they it's showed that plant, plant before. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 So, I get it. I get it. And right. it, it has just, some. It has some kind of, uh, you know, symbolic 
uh, significance. Yeah. And he's like at the altar, that little prayer altar uh-huh. thing he's got. He's a ninja. He's like got you know, yeah. He's he's got some oh Zen super shit going on yeah. Um, which like what Wesley Snipes is actually like trained in martial arts and all that shit. Hmm. That's why he's like so good in this role is because of his martial arts background. So we see Doc and Frost back at Frost's place and he's got his weird bed thing that closes. But anyways, they're arguing about um, vampires like being like a, a true blood or being turned into a vampire um, and the, the stigma around that. And he's like trying to fuck her basically in this scene. And she's like, fuck off. And um, blade shows up on his bike, takes out all the security and he tries out the, um, the mix that the doctor suggested for him to use on other vampires and we see it in effect. We see these vampires like swell up and explode. And um which is very fun. Oh my yeah. Then I uh, forgot about that completely when watching that I was like, oh fuck, I forgot that they make these vampires explode. And then the biggest twist in the movie for me, right here, Blade goes into Frost's room and the bed opens up and literally Blade's mom comes out of the bed. Yeah. And which she's not dead. It's insane because we see this character earlier when Frost is deco- decoding the last bits of the things in his room. Yeah, but they don't explain. No, they who don't. She but she's just there, though, moment. which yeah. is insane that, like, when you see it later and it's revealed, that instantly came back to my mind. I'm like, oh my God, we've. They already showed this character and I'd forgotten it. Like I said, I skipped all the plot in this movie when I was a kid and just watched action scenes. So it was a surprise to me too, seeing this, even though I'd seen this movie a bunch, like we just do a really good job of uh, making that character look very different from the first time you see, yeah. them, you know, and they don't really show that character's face uh, in that scene earlier. Uh, it's really just her walking up. You kind of just see like the torso and like her arm mm-hmm. go over frost. Uh, Frost was uh, originally they they thought about casting Jet Li as hmm. Frost, and then Jet Li decided to do Lethal Weapon Four instead. Um. And they also uh, considered Mark Wahlberg for the character, which oh. would have been really weird. That would have been yeah. very weird <laughs> and probably bad. I can't imagine uh, anyone besides Stephen Dorff now because he's just so like petulant and. Uh, yeah, I'm not petulant. He's just so like, uh, he's such a smart ass. I think you need someone that looks like they're in their mid twenties, like that. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. he he needs to look young, like Stephen Dorff. I mean, yeah. Morgan yeah. Wahlberg, Morgan, Morgan. That's not a, that's he's not got a too name. much of a baby face, though. Yeah, yeah. Stephen also, Dorff just, just looks like... sinister. Yeah, he really does. Always smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. I need to see what Mark Wahlberg looked like in 1988. I think to get a good image of like how he might have been cast in this nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, in nineteen eighty eight, he was Marky Mark and uh, assaulting Asian people on the street. Jesus, yeah, he's a douchebag. Yeah. Um. 
So, yeah, Blade's mom um, is enough of a distraction. She's, like, working for Frost. Wild. But it's enough of a distraction for Frost to trap Blade and take him to the the temple where that is what this like computer simulated image was illustrating the whole right. time was like this temple basically and was that just like outside of la <laughs> like it's just like outside of la like, in the desert somewhere it they showed them that coming out of in that the that part uh-huh. the tomb part yeah okay interesting it showed them coming out of the temple thing and yeah. it looked like they were like in a construction site like, yeah it looked like yeah. it was kind of like also a, a secret i mean i'm guessing location. frost is just like had paid people to excavate that because mm-hmm. he's like has infinite money or whatever yeah um how do these vampires get so rich? Well, like, they just they can you know save for, they, they save for <laughs> hundreds of years. They have really good with money. <laughs> we have like they, really good savings accounts. I mean, they just steal from the people they kill. Interest rates, mm-hmm. we know. Yeah, they just kill really right, rich people, yeah. and they probably they glamour they glamour people to give. Yeah, them there's money. not really any glamouring in this no, movie, but not. you imagine that like being a vampire itself is probably a commodity. You know? Oh yeah, you, like somebody could buy into it or. Or what have you. Yeah. Or you just steal a bunch of watches like Blade does. Yeah. I mean, they have enough money to fund all their crazy fucking arsenal and like move from place to place to hunt vampires. That's the other thing that is kind of like barely mentioned is that they're like uh, Whistler mm-hmm. in Blade. <laughs> Whisper. <laughs> Whisker. Uh, Whistler in Blade. Uh, they travel from place to place. They they haven't just always been in Los Angeles. They right. like they go where they're needed. They go sort of. and they're just constantly moving and hunting vampires. Which like a new a new nest popped up in yeah you know, yeah I don't know uh, Kentucky. <laughs> what if Blade took place in Kentucky? It's a different movie. <laughs> but yeah, that's the what you're getting at is like this is the whole prophecy. It's a whole prophecy thing that yeah. that uh, Frost has been trying to decipher this whole time mm-hmm. yeah and basically this whole event is like taking blade's blood and dripping it on all the vampires to like have like maximum power to have yeah the ability to be a day walker to be unaffected by garlic and silver but still have all the other perks of being a vampire or whatever isn't it that like whoever whoever's like in the middle becomes the blood god yeah basically it's like unlimited power and yeah it's, it's what like another said, level of that's what but they reference the blood god mm-hmm. this is the whole thing is supposed to summon the blood god that's like this whole this whole ritual they're trying to do also i think that uh frost had to bring the other council members there because it needs to be true blood vampire or like uh not true blood pure blood <laughs> pure blood true <laughs> not bill and not bill <laughs> not vampire bill yeah, and Eric. 12 pure blood vampires yeah they have to be there for the ritual too because they he can't just bring like any vampire yeah yeah important details yes um but they're let me see. 
We also realize, wasn't Frost the vampire that attacked Blade's mom? Yes. While she was pregnant? That's yes. an important mm-hmm. detail. Yeah. Makes it Which personal. is who Blade's been hunting this whole time. The main vampire that, that Blade's after. Kind mm-hmm. of making Frost Blade's vampire daddy. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So In a way. All the puzzle pieces are coming together. Mm-hmm. And... About 30 minutes too late, but... It's a little too tidy. Too. It's like, oh, we just wrap all this personal business in, into this thing. You didn't really need that, but. So, Blade and Doc are being held hostage, and he's becoming. He hasn't had a serum in a long time. He's becoming he's, really yeah. thirsty and feeling weird. He's hangry. Um, he he's hangry. That is true. He. This is after he's fallen out of the contraption. Right, like the thing he's in that no, drains he's, the blood. No, he's about to go in it. So oh, Frost to it. took his vials, chucked them. Yes. Um, and then he pushes the doctor down this hole, where this like mm. kind of zombie-ish vampire is in there, which ended up being her ex from the hospital who we thought died early on. I told you, like, by the scorched vampire. Mm-hmm. And so she kills him, and, and we learn that that's. That's something that can happen to some of them is they end up more like these horrible zombie type things. Yeah, yeah, than, yeah. Than vampire. And and like uh he says the same thing to her as he does in the operating room mm-hmm. when he's like trying to get close. He's like, Do you think we have another chance or do you think do you think we could be a thing again? Yeah. I can't remember what the exact thing is. Have you thought about things some more? Yeah, yeah. Have you thought like about that? us again? Yeah. Yeah. Um and then Blade goes into this big room and they undress him and tie him inside this like rock casket kind of thing that stands yeah. vertically. And they, his mom like, you know, talks some shit to him. Oh, th- another thing I want to bring up about the mom is like, why is it so sexy between the mom and Blade? Yeah. Like, it's weird how much sexual tension is there. Yeah, they do create a lot of sexual tension yeah. there. It's, it's, it's like made she's me not really aged. uncomfortable. She's not aged because she is a vampire now or whatever. Yeah, so well, she's still young. But it's like, it is very weird. Yeah, but I mean, that's... I mean, she also says the... Mentions the thing about how her, that that person is dead. Like, she's not his mom anymore yeah. like i think she says something like, this like is that her new life yeah, or whatever yeah. and like mm-hmm. also like being with frost yeah and but she's like all up in his face like and rubbing like being, up on him and stuff being so weird. weird um and then the rock box closes <laughs> after <Rock> she, <laughs> yeah she like they used the, her heel and like stomped, oh yeah stomped <laughs> on this little yeah. tiny Close like nub shot. That like closed the rock box and um, it starts like draining blood from his wrists and it goes down these little tubes and areas like into this like room where all the council members and Frost are doing the ritual and they like drip all the blood on all of the council members' heads and um, And they're freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. And the doctor, they're like also like against their will. Oh yeah, like being yeah. held under this like dripping blood yeah. for this ceremony because it's you know at their expense mm-hmm. ultimately. But anyways, we see the doctor climb out of the hole, 
And then there's like a time lapse of like dark clouds moving over the city. Like shit's getting real. Blood God. The Blood God. Doc finds Blade um, while all the all the vampire goons are arguing and she releases Blade. He's really weak and probably about to die. And so she like pretty much makes him drink her blood so that he mm-hmm. can come back to life. And I thought she was just gonna like cut like her arm or something and like drip some blood. I don't know. No, she like brought him to her yeah, neck. She's like, drink. Yeah. Slurp slurp. And <laughs> then he goes full vamp, but he stops. I guess he doesn't suck her dry, but then his mom walks in and then it cuts back to Frost. He like like the last drop of blood like fell down on his head at the end of the ceremony and then he became this like La Magra. Yeah. The blood the, god. Yeah. And uh, originally, they shot this ending where he basically turns into, like, a big, like, storm of blood. (laughs) Like venom? (laughs) Kind of. It's just, like, this big, like, cloud of blood. And uh, people hated it. It was awful. It was, like, really stupid. Just because, like, at that point, it's just not a person anymore. Bad CG. And bad CG. Yeah. So they reshot that. Uh, and just changed, changed, luckily changed it to, you know, that he's just kind of like got extra powers or whatever. Yeah. You know, Frost looks a lot like uh, an older bear face from Brockhampton. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. He's got this fun little, like, part of his hair in the back, like on the crown of his head that mm. sticks up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's like lightning bolts shooting around from the temple walls onto the council members' heads, and they're turning into these like ghosty skeleton bat things that fly away. Probably um, that's that the CG is really not great on the. Yeah, that yeah. scene it got yeah. rough. Yeah, the CG gets rough. Um, I can't imagine the original one. It probably looked really. Bad. Oh my god, the blood thing, Jesus! So also they like. The way they come out of the body is, is, is like so weird. Yeah, it's a little extra. Yeah, it mm-hmm. really is. Um, like I feel like they could have also executed it. Are a they not like solid because they like pass through frost? You know, it, it, but they like so are they like ghost skeleton things? Or are they? Are they? That, are they? Uh, in, like what are? are I don't just, know that physics is really important. Yeah, <laughs> we're not supposed to pay this close attention. <laughs> but we are dissecting it that's true Mm -hmm. um it's the time to bring it up and blade's mom tries to manipulate him and he kills her Mm -hmm. and um let's see we see more of the vampire flying skeleton demons swarming around frost is like transforming his Mm -hmm. eyes get red and um, Blade goes after him and kills all of his goons. Gets his sunglass. Gets his sunglasses back in a really his, fun way yeah. from Quinn. Also, I love how quickly they kill Quinn. Like they build to this moment 
Like, and like Blade could have killed Quinn so many times in the past, and then when yeah. he finally does it, it just is just in a blink of a moment. Like it just they don't linger on it at all. It's not even a fight scene. Mm-hmm. He just murders Quinn instantly and gets his sunglasses back. Here in my notes, this isn't even a helpful note. I just wrote Blade is very cool and badass. <laughs> I, I I like have a very similar note around this point too. Um. So then the blonde lady that was, you know, Frost's like vampire, like one of his love affairs, Doc well, and her I, are fighting. She's kind of like second in command. Like. In a lot of ways. She's kind of like the, the, the right hand of, of, Qu- of Quinn. Or, I'd say you know? his like assistant. Maybe. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. She just gets more importance than anyone else. They're like in holding his, like, group, hands you know? after they. Burn yeah, but she's like bossing everyone else around. I'm saying like, that like, she's in control too. Do we know her like, name? No, I have no clue what. So that she's not that important, is. right? I'm just saying out of his goons, other than Quinn. Um, it's a character that we see a lot. Yeah, yeah. And the doctor killed her Raquel. in this in this part, and well, she found one of the one of the vials that she made for Blade or whatever, and. She used that to kill this vampire lady. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Frost comes out, and then there's a sword fight between Blade and him. It's pretty sick. Frost gets cut in half and well, then rejoins. Yeah, yeah. First he cut off his arm and then literally cut his his him around the waist. Yeah. Like completely cut him in half. <laughs> And he bounces back like it's nothing. The, the, the CG of the blood. Yeah. It's like, so re- bad. <laughs> it's so bad. And then he's also like super fast and like outrunning Blade. But and then Blade stabs him and, and Frost is fine. Um You remember that little that little like dance kick that Blade has? There's like a kick exchange that Blade has with like just one of like the goons where it's like yeah. they're, they're like kicking at each other, but like not making contact. They're like kind of like it, it looks like they're doing this chore- oh, it is choreographed, but like it looks more like a dance, like the way they're kicking at each other. It's like, it, I don't know. It really stood out to me. Is that in the me. finale or is that? No, it's in this. I think it's, it's before he starts fighting Quinn. Right, it's in the, or before, the climax. As, well. as he's like coming up right. from the bottom up to where uh, Frost is, and he's, like, fighting some goons before he gets to Quinn and shit. I think it's before he gets to Quinn, before he gets his sunglasses back. But he has this just little exchange, this kick mm-hmm. exchange that is so, like, it, it, I don't know, it stood out to me. It's kind of goofy. It is kind of goofy, fun. but yeah. I liked it. Yeah, there's some parts that are made me laugh out loud. They were, like, yeah. unique. <laughs> um, or, like, Wesley Snipes is getting, like, hyped up, like, during mm-hmm. it. He, like, does, like, some, like, he kind of, like, those little like bounces and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like kind of got a smile on his face. He's all like wired from some blood. That's real true. Blood. That's true. Yeah. I, I, I glossed up. over that. Like the, the like I didn't think about the fact that this is the first time he's had like real blood. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. like cocaine to a vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah in my notes, I wrote he went full vamp full in vamp. all caps. Yeah, because he really did just like uh, like a light switch flipped or something. I guess he did. He uh oh. Whistler, right? Whistler, mm-hmm. Whistler mentions that uh, when he first found Blade, he was like eating houseless people. Like that's like mm-hmm. what he was like 
like the blood he was drinking. So I guess he did drink blood at some point in the past, but yeah, he was a ravenous little vampire. Yeah. And Whistler turned him around. Right. Um, Blade finds the, his like belt full of like vials of this, like serum that makes the vampires explode tucked away in a wall. And he throws his sword up there. And then there's the cool effect where the handle has like little prongs that poke out and it knocked the serum down and he stabbed like eight of them into frost. And I I feel like it took that many really to make him ultimately swell up and explode. And Doc finds Blade and they get out of the temple and... The doctor decides that she needs to work on a cure and Blade decides that there's more that he needs to do as far as like, you know, protecting the world from vampires. And they kind of part ways, I guess. And then it cuts to a a couple walking in the snow and there's Moscow. Yeah, in in Moscow, and the guy attacks the girl, and then Blade shows up and draws his sword, and then the movie ends. They get they jump real quick out of the ending. They're just like, yeah, yep, yeah. Frost dead. Peace. More shit's gonna happen. Yeah. Peace. I feel Which like it, they knew there was gonna be a sequel at that at that point. Yeah, surely. And it's kind of a nice uh, comic booky sort of thing. It's like serialized, like. Blade's not done. Blade will yeah. continue to do all these things. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was a teenager and we would often like go down to the video store and, and rent a movie or something. I brought this one home and watched it. And I was like fucking hype afterwards, like jumping around in my living room yeah. and like doing moves and shit. I was so excited. Like, yeah. Oh, dude. Badass. I thought I thought Blade was the coolest fucking shit. When yeah, I first saw it yeah. when I was a kid, man. Like, his trench coat has a, a cut in it for his for sword. sword. Yeah, That's yeah. the coolest shit. Like, that, I feel like that alone, like, it tells you enough of, like, the type of character Blade is, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Wesley Snipes actually wanted to originally play uh, Black Panther. Really? Yeah, at the same, around this time. And it just didn't go. Yeah. Uh, and then he got attached to this. And like then it took like another 19 and a half years to make a Black Panther movie. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, so. And then LL Cool J was considered for oh Blade before Wesley Snipes. But I'm so glad it's Wesley Snipes. David S. Goyer uh, had said that like he wrote it for Wesley Snipes. So. Kind of, he kind of thought that was the only person that could play the part. A lot of uh, friction between Goyer and Snipes. Yeah, and uh, between um, what's his name that plays Frost? Um, oh, really? Was there was there friction between him tension, and Snipes? Yeah, I could see it. I think in general, uh, people described Wesley Snipes as being a little difficult. I think that's a little, from the research I've done about this specific topic, which is what I ended up looking the most into, is like 
people's reception of Wesley Snipes. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of it stemmed from uh, Hollywood pushed him out because he called out Hollywood for being racist, which it is. Like, Hollywood is is inherently racist. Hollywood writes roles assuming that they're going to be white people. If it's a black character... They write it as a. They say black character. They, like like a lot of roles are presumed white in Hollywood unless they're. They wanted the doctor character to say, be white, and he insisted. Yeah, well, that they cast him. that's like Wesley Snipes consistently throughout the making of this movie and the next two Blade movies has tried to push for the production, not just the people on screen, but the production crew to be like more black people, more people of color, and like they push back on that constantly it's like one of the only like like requests he had like was like i just want more black people and people of color working on this and they refused to do it hired predominantly white production crews and cast mostly white people in the movie and like that's one of the big things that pissed wesley snipes off is like they would never listen to him and like even in the third movie when he was an executive producer he still couldn't get them to do it damn yeah and so i think a lot of the people hating on Wesley Snipes comes from people in powerful positions in Hollywood, like stiff arming people into being like, like, no, don't like we're getting Wesley Snipes out of here, which it happens right. like a Wesley Snipes career kind of disappears because he gets like a bullshit, like well, not bullshit, but like he's, he's in trouble with the IRS some tax and stuff, some tax yeah. stuff. And, like, of course, they press that harder on him than, like, other people and shit. And, like, um, he gets kind of, like, exiled from Hollywood because of his, like, his stance difficult, on race. Difficultness to work. Yeah, with, which is bullshit. It's yeah. just a, a band-aid for, like, nobody addressing what the real issue is. Exactly. And, um, but I'm glad he's like coming back now. He, he's about to have this like movie come in on Netflix with Kevin Hart. That's like Kevin Hart's first dramatic role. Oh, cool! It's him and, and they're the leads. It's it's him and Kevin Hart. Wesley Snipes, Kevin Hart. It looks pretty good. Um, There's a very funny bit in What We Do in the Shadows where uh, it's like the Council of Vampires, and you have all these like classic vampires from different like moments in cinema, and then he's like. He's doing a Skype call. Yeah. <laughs> What's this? You have you have Blade there, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. Have you seen that episode? No. Oh, it's so it's it's awesome. Um <laughs> I'll check it out. Yeah. Uh and he like really likes Blade, the character. Like, yeah, he, even... I read that he he was like willing to come back. Uh he thought that there was some more that he mm-hmm. could do with the character. Yeah, yeah. Um and what? Who got cast as the new Blade? Uh, Mahershala Ali. Yeah, yeah, which is gonna be fucking awesome, probably. Yeah, I really like him, uh, and that'll be, yeah, that that'll be interesting. Yeah, and I think Wesley Snipes is like stoked about that. Like, cool. He, he's talking about how he, he's like happy about him playing Blade and Blade coming back and stuff because he really likes Blade as a character. Mm-hmm. A little uh, connective tissue is uh, Stephen Dorff plays Frost. Mm-hmm. In Blade, and then he's uh, he stars alongside Mahershala Ali in the third season of True Detective. Oh wow! Oh my and now god! Now Mahershala Ali will be Blade. Wow, that's crazy. I need to. I haven't. I heard that's like the other good season of True Detective. I like them all, but no one yeah. else feels the same way about the Vince Vaughn <laughs> season. Nobody else likes it. That's fine. <laughs> um, 
I like that this movie was surprisingly anti-cop also. Yeah. Like, I feel like yeah. there was like not a good picture painted for the idea of a cop in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like just the symbolism of Blade beating the shit out of the cop in the apartment in like uh the doctor's apartment, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> also, it's just funny. He just destroys her apartment, like it, like right. breaks the yeah. table, like. <laughs> but she's moving anyways. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, um, this was gonna like I th- I can't remember if he had another appearance, but uh, Stan Lee was gonna have a cameo in this, uh, or he they shot one. He I was guess. gonna be like the doctor. He was going to be a cop or a cop. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, He's the cop they, that like opens the body bag or, or something like, like that. Or yeah, zips they, they, up the body they bag. Cut him out of it. Yeah. Of the of the crispy vampire from mm-hmm. the beginning, like it, one of those cops was supposed to be Stanley. Um, I think it ended up being the doctor that got zombified mm-hmm. that unzipped the body bag. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. What else do we got about this movie? Um, I mean, it's credited as being kind of the the real start of the huge uh, influx of you know, blockbuster comic book movies. Yeah. It's like the first really, truly, m- you know, major successful one. Yeah. Because you go from this to Spider-Man. Right. 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 That's like the next big, um, superhero movie. But the, I think blade is a really interesting choice and a really smart choice to try and re- rejuvenate, uh, comic book movies because blade is a very little known character within comic books. Right. So you ha- you can b- draw in audiences from both realms. You can draw in comic book fans and you can also just draw in people that like vampire shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's some good like, crossover. They don't put, th- this is not called Marvel's Blade. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, don't, they don't put it in your face that it's a comic book. It's just a vampire movie for the most part. But it's based on a Marvel Comics character. And... It is, and I think it's pretty good for the most part. In the comics, uh, Blade is a British, uh, is a uh, British character. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Is it the same backstory with like the mother and stuff? I don't know. I don't know. I just read that it's an Englishman uh, okay. originally. Interesting. Interesting. Which was that'd be a totally fucking different movie. <laughs> um, On Blade. Oi, uh, oi, Quinn! <laughs> Give me Whistler. my glasses back, <laughs> Whistler. Whisker. I need you to fix my muffler, Whistler. Oh yeah, the dude, and also just spilling gasoline all over the place, filling he's up that like, car. Yeah, he's like <laughs> that's one of the great shots. He's like filling up the tank and just lighting up a cigarette. Dude, fills, yeah. like spills gasoline all over the car and then lights up a cigarette. Just does not give any I really shit. thought there was going to be some kind of explosion from that because I feel like every detail in a movie, I'm like, they wouldn't show this unless it was important. Right, right. So I really thought something was going to happen, but I think it was just being funny yeah. and just like yeah, kind just, of revealing his character a little more. Right. Yeah. He's, How he's carefree nihilistic. he is. Yeah. yeah. And doesn't give a fuck. you like, Oh yeah, it doesn't give a fuck. Um, should we get into our ratings? Yeah, sure. Michael, you want to kick us off? Yeah, I I really enjoy this movie. It's hard to separate, you know, like the nostalgia for it to some extent, but looking at it just as a movie, it's a little overly long. There's just like too many things that are kind of neatly tied up 
with his mother character and like Frost being like it's just, it's just too it's a little too tidy. Uh, I don't think he really needed that. I mean, there's enough going on with the prophecy. He's he's an evil enough character without making him like also his so, vampire it, daddy. Right. Yeah. Um that being said, you know, it's so well cast. It's very well shot. Uh the effects, the the makeup, all of that is incredible. Uh especially for the time. Like you can look at it now and see like the blowing up the you know, blowing up vampires and the disintegrating vampires. It's, it's pretty, it's kind of shitty, but for the time it looked great. Um, anyway, I think as a movie, I give it an eight out of 10, uh, VHS tapes. I feel like it's solid. It's definitely one of the best comic book movies. It's got a solid character for both the hero and the villain. Um, but it's got some flaws. Yeah, eight out of ten VHS tapes. Abby, um, I think it might have been a little too long. Like, um, I, I mean, I really do like every scene, but I feel like to hold my attention, there's, there's definitely some stuff that could have been cut out. Um, Overall, like as far as like a, a super, I don't generally like a lot of superhero movies, or or I I don't I don't it's not my favorite thing in the world to just watch like a comic book adaptation, but I did really enjoy this, and it does make me want to watch Blade Two. Um, I think I. Uh, I think I would also give it eight out of ten videotapes, and um, yeah. Um, yeah, daily. What do you think? I think that I'm gonna agree with both of y'all. It's too long. I think that's the number <laughs> one criticism of this movie. It is too long. Uh, but I think ha- not only is it too long. There's so little plot that it surprises me that it's so long because it's just really almost nothing there. Like there's like everything is basically in the same place other than Blade figuring out like and you, it, it's too tidy. Like it mm-hmm. it it the plot is too too little and what is there is not is just like kind of there to just be there. It's a lot and, of action scenes, but some yeah. of them even still feel unnecessary given, like you were saying, the plot is like, there's hardly a plot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, other other than that, I think that the action is the best part of the movie. I think Blade, uh, Wesley Snipes' Blade is what makes this thing so watchable, What why it holds up today. I think his charisma and his, his like, like ability to pull off these stunts... Um, is why this movie is so good in the end. I've, I've been realizing lately there's a lot of movies that, that I'll watch and I try to kind of separate myself a little bit and think about like, what if I just read the script for this film? Like I probably wouldn't like it. Yeah. yeah. Like, but there's a lot of movies that I end up really liking because like the production value added to it is so good. That yeah. it Like really sells it. Yeah. Whatever the script may be. And this kind of seemed like maybe one of those movies to me. Yeah, I think the script, if you just read it, it would be really underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so uh, that's why I think I'm going to be a little bit, a little bit harsher on this and give it a. I'm the, I'm, I can't decide between six and a seven. It's like six point five. Can I do 6.5 VHS tapes? Yeah. We can do a half a tape. How about this? We can saw a tape. Six VHS tapes in a cassette tape. All right. That's our half points, is cassette tapes. Okay. That's my score. Yeah. I'm a little surprised by it, but I I get get everything you're saying. I just can't deny the fact that what is good about this movie is the action, in that it's. I honestly don't think there's enough action. I could have. I would have watched. Like, oh wow! I totally disagree. I would have replaced the thirty minutes of like of this like kind of like lingering kind of stuff that they do uh, with just they spend more fight too much scenes. time on it for sure. Um, <laughs> or like, or like, let me see Whis- uh, Whistler making some weapons. You know, like, like, yeah, like I, there's just like other things I would have rather seen in this like in this universe than what they decided to show. I guess. I guess I just I get enough out of like the production design and how cool the character is that I, that it, I, it, it essentially, it, it wins me over. It, I agree. Ultimately, I completely agree. I just think I, I can't ignore what I don't like about this movie. I think in this movie, it looks like blood is the color of cactrap. Mm-hmm. It's so, so red. It's very yeah, bright. It's so red. Well, that, one, that, one, that blood looked a little more normal when it's coming out of his wrist. It's just like, yeah, it's ketchup red. <laughs> Uh, yeah, pretty good stuff overall, though. And also, like my nostalgia, like you, you brought that up in your thing as well. It's like mm-hmm. my love. I if I watch this movie for the first time now, I I don't think I, I think I would give it a six point five or a seven. I think right. I think if yeah. I was to give it an eight, I think I would it would be like or a, I, I honestly if it was Young Daily giving this review i'd probably give it a, like a, a 10 Daily, out of 10 that's Young your rapper <laughs> name <laughs> yeah i would have given it a 10 out of 10 at the time yeah for sure yeah um I, I i try to view it like i view all superhero movies is that and to me this exceeds as one of those but it, like if it doesn't work as a film then i'm not interested right and True. i think this one does succeed a lot more than just a, a, a whole lot of the stuff that's franchise based i completely yeah. agree I had not seen this movie before. I feel like had I watched it, I don't know, 10 years ago, I probably would have felt a little differently. I probably would have liked it a little more. I just think after time has passed and has it aged well, like yes and no. I think there's parts of it that are kind of cringy to me. And then there's parts of it that, I think, okay, like maybe the CGI on that wasn't terrible or like, um, I don't know. I, I, I generally like it better than most superhero movies that I've seen. Yeah. And I think that's probably to do with the fact that like, you know, they do spend at least some amount of time developing characters that you like. You don't really know much about Blade, but you care about his relationship with Whistler, and you get enough from Frost that it isn't just like an arch villain. And I think that's a problem with a lot of the modern superhero movies. It's just like there's not really a villain. A villain should be kind of the hero of their own story. You know, they should be interesting. They should have enough internal uh, story going on that you care about 
what it is that they're after. Yeah. Or else you're just bored by like, why are they fighting? Like what's yeah. What yeah. the fuck? Who cares? Yeah. Overall, I love this movie no matter what rating I give it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll have to watch the second one. Yes. Stay tuned. So yeah, all that being said about blade, why do, why don't we just talk about, uh, what's up? What's up, y'all? I really want to talk to y'all about another movie-related thing. I know normally what the What's Up segment, we try and get away from the movie movies, but I have to I have to talk about the casting for the new Mario movie. Okay. Okay. So um, this movie is going to uh, be made by, I, I believe. Uh, Illumination. So, like, I think that's Illumination. Is that the studio? It's like the studio that does the minions and and um, hmm. uh, whatever. Or maybe it's not the studio. Yeah, yeah. N- Nintendo and Illumination. Um, so is this going to be an animated film? We don't know. It's a feature film. We don't okay. know if it's completely animated or not yet. All right. But here's the casting. Okay. Okay. We've got. Lead up to Mario. Don't start. Mario. I know. I'm Just not going like, to start. Let's, let's... Oh, do you know? You know. I don't know. Okay, okay. I have no idea. Okay. Keegan-Michael Key is Toad, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> That's great. Wow. So good. Um, <laughs> Charlie Day as Luigi. Oh, wow. Which is a great casting. Yeah, I think it's great. That's appropriate. You got Jack Black as Bowser. Oh. Whoa. Great casting. Yeah. Great cast. Great casting. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy as Princess Peach. I don't okay. really know who she is. Um, um, I believe that she played uh, the character in Queen's Gambit. Oh, okay. Um, and then uh, and there's also uh, Donkey Kong is in it, and that's Seth Rogen. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then Cranky Kong is in it too. Okay. Which is Fred Armisen. <laughs> Damn. This sounds uh, animated, but yeah. Um, so Spike is in it, but it's not Spike, like the little green guy mm-hmm. from like the mo- modern Mario games. Or like, I don't know how like, far back he goes, but he's like, there's like a little enemy character named Spike that's like a green dude with like a little spiky shell. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not Spike. Spike is also a, the name of the foreman from the original Mario Brothers game where it's Mario and Luigi like they come down and there's like uh, a pal block in the middle and they're trying to get all the turtles it's right, like a right. one screen game where one person plays Mario one person going up the ladders and stuff yeah 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 but you're just like in this one space like eliminating the the, the turtles and shit mm-hmm. you know uh but Spike from that is in it and um also yeah so that's that's it uh Ready for Mario? Yeah. Y'all been pretty stoked on everyone else, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were like into all into those. Yeah. yeah. Chris Pratt. What? As Mario. Oh. The most disappointing. Uh, yeah. One of the most disappointing people I could imagine to play Mario. I don't. Yeah. What's that about? I don't know. I really don't know. And people are mad. 
Like yeah, the internet yeah. is livid about Chris Pratt playing Mario. The rest of that casting solid. I don't understand that. I don't. That's I mean, like, surprising. Yeah, I, I don't get it. And like Chris Pratt put up this fucking video on his Instagram where he's like, "It's like, hey, yeah, I'm Chris Pratt. I'm playing Mario. It's a me. That's not the voice. I promise the voice is better. I'm working on the voice." And it's like. It's just this. Mm. It's like, do you even want to be Mario? Yeah, it seems like a work in progress. <laughs> He's like, we're gonna reveal the voice later, you know. Also, I don't want to see a movie where Mario says full sentences all the time. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, look, <laughs> not my Mario. Bob Hoskins is my Mario. Jesus, Christ. well, or or like Charles Martinet. If it's an animated movie, just have Charles Martinet voice Mario. That's the actual voice of Mario. Yeah, that does all the games. So like, but Bob he's, Hoskins, by the way, is the is is from the eighties movie or the nineties nineties yeah. one, yeah, with John uh, Leguizamo is, is Luigi, yeah, and Dennis Hopper is is Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Well, that I one doesn't that even aesthetic. Like they they create a different aesthetic for that movie. Oh, it's not Mario. Yeah, yeah. You know, I guess Chris Pratt is generally or generally likable, but I just like I don't think he's i don't see him for voice acting people don't like chris pratt really yeah he's like a he's like a dick and like oh, a shit. really like big like i don't keep up with celebrities uh, evangelical dude i don't know christian yeah yeah he sucks i really like guardians of the galaxy unfortunately oh i i don't hate him as an actor i just like it's like that's really what yeah. i mean like in movies yeah or like you know yeah or the characters that he plays like yeah, right um, I don't know him or, personally. Yeah. I don't keep tabs on yeah. most celebrities yeah. and their personal life. Yeah. I mean, I've seen him in like the Jurassic movies and stuff like that. I just think the only character he's ever played that I've seen him play that I enjoyed was, was Andy Dwyer. But, you know. Yeah. I like that and Peter Quill. Is that the Gardens guy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of like video game movies, I did recently watch um, Sonic the Hedgehog. It's pretty good. It's not bad. It's not a steaming piece of shit that I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be a steaming piece of shit, too. <laughs> I did, too. I've not seen it yet. It's not good, but it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, Jim I, Carrey's fun. and Yeah. I was uh, surprised I was able to get through the whole thing. Should I make a drinking game out of it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I think you could, yeah. I mean, I guess we did that with Titanic, and that was, like, truly inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> and Cats. We did it. And cats. That I could not sit through. I don't think we finished it. I think we, we turned it did off. Did finish it? No. Did, I, I'm, I I I mentally sure. tapped out. <laughs> I, I definitely did too. It's like it's just all of that movie is is like I'm this cat. Oh yeah, I'm this cat. It's like a bunch of cats introduce themselves for an entire movie. Yeah, it's really and that really song. bad. Yeah. It just looks stupid. But and uh, it's got James Corden, so it yeah. automatically sucks. <laughs> Uh, but Sonic was fun in that I like Benny Schwartz uh, doing Sonic's voice. Yeah, he gr- talk about good casting for a, for a uh, character, uh, video yeah, game character. Yeah. It's like it's really fitting. Yeah. Um, unlike Mario, fucking That's... Chris Pratt, get out of here. Who did you say was Luigi again? Charlie Day. I'm curious. Yeah. So good. It's really dude. good. It's so good, good. I'm curious what their other options were for Mario and like. I'm not saying I can think of a good Mario, but like, I mean, I, I, whoever thought of Charlie Day for Luigi is like, that's brilliant. a great casting. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. Like, Fuck we it, don't have Seth Rogen play Mario. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like right. we Fuck. don't need the we don't need the hunky blockbuster boy to because be Mario's Mario. not a hunk. Right. You know, like he's a little he's like not like this like buff like right. action star. He's like just a, because he's the title he's a character plumber. doesn't mean that we need like the superstar. He's like a goofy plumber. Yeah. That's not that's anyway. Uh, that sucks. That's um, what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah, so and otherwise Halloween is coming. Halloween is What's coming. Up, Abby? What's up with Halloween? Um, I just want uh some suggestions from our listeners on some good scary movies cuz that's what I've been into lately ever since I mean really all year long I watch scary movies but especially in October I try to really find some good ones and I really want to be scared y'all I just want to hear like what are some of y'all's favorite scary movies Oh us um we all and our listeners. Oh yeah, listeners, please um, a tell us about all your favorites and b suggest one uh, that we should do for the month of October. Yeah, a movie we should watch and and talk about. Uh, I personally have always loved uh, Rosemary's Baby, dude. It's just so creepy. Uh, one of my favorites as well. I love John Cassavetes. Um, mm-hmm. Plays the husband. It's just like. I don't know. I watched it at a time where it was just the right kind of creepy and and well made film. Yeah, it's unfortunately made by yeah Blansky, but um, yeah, the final scene in that movie. Whew. Yeah, whew. it's great. Um, uh, I can't I can't recommend enough um, the Ari Aster films, Hereditary and Midsummer. Mm-hmm. I'm just like. Yeah, that's what came to my mind What's that? That's what I was going to suggest. Yeah, they're just really uh, taking it in in a new direction, Um, and you know they're 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 kind of more character based dramas than horror movies, but they deliver on the horror aspect for sure. Yeah. Um, and then you know there's some classic stuff out there like uh, the original Dawn of the Dead and. Um, I really like um, House of a Thousand Corpses and uh, and uh, what's the other Devil's one? Rejects. Devil's Rejects. Mm-hmm. They're just batshit and yeah, weird and fun. I watched uh, Scream recently, which mm-hmm. is a really fun horror movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one. It's in like a while. so self-referential to the genre and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's really fun to watch. Um, but yeah, uh. Hit us up with those recommendations. If you're listening to this, we want to know. Go to our Instagram, send us a message, comment on any post. It doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. You can comment on whatever. Just tell us what, what movie you want to watch. Or send us straight DMs. Send us, yeah, just send us a DM. Send us an email. Call us. Yeah, and specifically <laughs> if you uh... text me directly. Text Abby. If you have Abby's number, just tell her. <laughs> if you have. Um... A vampire film recommendation of something you think I haven't seen, I would love to hear that. Right. I feel like I maybe uh, seen drained all. that. <laughs> you Every sucked it dry. I sucked that well dry. So <laughs> yeah. I'd like to know. 
Every suggestion I've given you, you've seen already. So <laughs> let's hear one that Michael's not seen. <laughs> I bet we can find Please. some some indie, some student films, some student vampire. I don't want to watch that. Um, so don't recommend that. But everything um, else. There was a a scary movie I watched recently that was pretty good. I I mean I can't think of like an all time fave or even like a top five, but. A recent film I watched that like gave me a good fright, maybe the taking of Deborah Logan. Oh, I heard that was good. Yeah, I I feel like for months I saw the thumbnail for it and I never watched it, and I finally did, and it's actually pretty good. Let's check that out. I've check also out. scrubbed over that thumbnail several times. Mm-hmm. Um, my, one of my favorites from like being a kid was Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, I, I, I something about Jeepers that. Creepers I loved as a kid. Yeah, yeah, that's the right kind of like campy and creepy. Yeah, 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 it is a good midpoint between campy and creepy. Um, yeah, I can't I believe I didn't it's... mention these, but uh, the uh, that made me think of The Exorcist, which is <sighs> absolutely mm-hmm. classic, and The Shining. Mm-hmm. Those are both incredible horror films. What's up with horror movies and like the actors just getting horribly injured and abused on set most of the time? Yeah, some of them are. Yeah, <laughs> both so, of those movies you just mentioned, right? Those Linda the two Blair leads, had a bad time. the two female leads yeah. have so had like Shelley horrible Duvall. like trauma afterwards. Did a man direct it? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> both times. In both, yeah. 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 And we're both very probably uh, overbearing with their direction. I mean, Stanley Kubrick was 100%. Uh, oh, 1,000%. Yeah. yeah. Tortured. Uh, what's her name Shelley again? Duvall. Shelley Duvall. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. Be nice to your actors, you know? Yeah. yeah there's, there's lots of ways to get performances out of people. Yeah. Um. I have a really weird relationship with horror films. I feel like most of the time I don't want to watch them, but then when I see one that gets me in like, not in like a scary way, but like that hits, like mm-hmm. they hit in a way that no other movie does, like no other Definitely. genre does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I have like a endless craving for them. I feel like, and like even the, the bad ones or the campy ones or the funny ones, I like, I'm here for it. Oh, <laughs> another another last one I'll bring up is, uh, and I, I, I'm going to need help remembering the name of it, but it was, it's a somewhat modern horror film about, um, it's like this, oh my God. Once they finally get to the, the, it's like a cabin and like the cabin is actually this like high tech facility. And then cabin underneath the it, is that, is it just called cabin in the woods? Uh-huh. With like the the stoner character with like the coffee mug bong, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one is incredible. Yeah, it's great. It's like very self aware and yeah, and meta and and like jumps the shark in a really good way. I yeah, would say, yeah, at yeah. the end, yeah, yeah. I feel like it made enough of an impact that people will compare horror movies being made now to Cabin in the Woods. It's like yeah. kind of like a point of reference at this point. Yeah, and like the modern it's so horror. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's a tough one because you're going to end up with, because it's genre, you're going to end up with lots and lots of schlock. Yeah. Uh, because it's a fairly, that's a fairly easy uh, film to make in terms of budget. Um, you People can make a scary movie pretty easily, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but so this I think the standard's low, but every now and again something comes along and really like you know revamps the genre. Mm-hmm. Revampires the genre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's always really, really refreshing. I mean, I can't wait to see what Ari Aster does again. Um, yeah. And uh, Robert Eggers, you know, with The Lighthouse and The Witch. Those are both incredible. Um, yeah, it hits different when you get that good horror movie. Yeah. And sometimes the bad ones are fun. <laughs> it <just laughs> depends. It depends on what you're, like, uh, what you're after. The it, I don't know if it's called the Tooth Fairy. It may be called the Tooth Fairy, or it's like it's a horror film about like the, the Tooth Fairy's real. Yeah, and like she's afraid of light. Yeah. So like they like have to what this dude. This dude had a run in with the Tooth Fairy, and the Tooth Fairy murdered his mom and dad. So for the rest of his life, he just has lights on constantly in his house. Mm. Because like the only way he survived is he like went into the bathroom and like turned on the lights and like just stayed in there until the tooth fairy went away. <laughs> oh my god, tooth fairy's an asshole. <laughs> and it's like the tooth fairy's like in a lighthouse or some shit. There's like a lighthouse <laughs> that has like, has to do with it. Uh, they really run bad. out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like a mid two thousand, like early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, that was what was up. That was what was up. Oh, now we're going to bring it down. We're going to bring it down. How do we close the show again? <laughs> well, I think we should start by thanking Mike Gubbins for our intro and outro music. Shout Thanks, out Mike. Mike Gubbins. You follow him on Instagram at Gubbins Music. Um, shout out Shot from the Pit, Jorge Sierra, for our fantastic cover shoot for our podcast and a lot of images you see of us three when we're launching this podcast and stuff like that. Thanks so much, Jorge. Thanks. Yeah, Jorge's great. Go follow him as well. Fantastic photographer. Yeah, I would also say um, hit hit up uh, Rug Burnout on Instagram. Uh, check out Scumbo's Art Dump. Um, check out Art Barfer. Mm, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Apple Dakota Jernigan. Yeah, uh, uh, Freya Farms. Yeah. Plug all our friends. Yeah, those are all worth it. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. Not at all. Um, check out AMPM Video. Yeah, and yeah. Lastly, go to ampmvideo.com. Go to Patreon.com/slash/ampmvideo. Go to Twitch.tv/slash/ampmvideo. Check out all those places. Support us on Patreon if you like the podcast. We're gonna keep it coming. It's not stopping anytime soon. Yeah, we're going to have some uh, Twitch streams coming up here pretty soon. So just keep an eye out for that. That's going to be fun. Um, and uh, yeah, just keep keep up to date with the social medias and go check out our podcast on wherever podcasts are available. Yeah, go listen to uh, the previous episode, American Movie. And uh, yeah. Sounds great. See you next time. Thank you, everybody. Bye.